what is even wrong with you? So, here's the thing that I kind of have to vent about right now. And that is Let's see there. Anti-pirate. <gasps> so, has anyone been, like, on the internet lately observing people on, say, Twitter talking about the games industry? No. That sounds specific. Tell us your grievance about it. <laughs> okay. So, over the last two months or so, there's been a concerted effort by the video game equivalent of grognards to drive women and minorities out of video gaming. Like, entirely. Why? Um, Is it just a trend that they've noticed, mm, or just like... No, it started with... It started with a... Oh, fuck. It started with Anita Sarkeesian releasing her latest tropes versus women, but that always sets off a shitstorm. Do you remember um, how after the Civil War they stopped having slavery and that pissed off a bunch of people who wouldn't normally go out and go kill black people? It's that. <laughs> it's exactly that. But with video games. But with video games. So, so um, there, was, there was a fellow, I don't, re- I don't remember his name, who dated an indie game developer who was making a tiny indie game about depression called Depression Quest. Her name is Zoe Quinn. And she was going to release this game and he decided that he was pissed because she had broken up with him and he released this he set up a website on which was a screed that was accused her of all sorts of sexual impropriety cheating on him with multiple people this and then the other thing accused her of sleeping with reviewers to get positive reviews for her games the irony being that none of those people actually reviewed any of her games even the ones in the industry so you've heard about some of this remarkable oh yeah I've been following this oh you've been following this okay so you can add any details if you want Um, this exploded when Adam Adam Baldwin, one of the Baldwins. The, yeah, the Adam Baldwin, Jane from Firefly, who you might love. Who's a giant, giant piece of shit. Um, picked this up and broadcast it and turned into this big thing about corruption and social justice warriors ruining gaming, and it became this big scandal called Gamergate, and they, a, an army, an army of. Angry. I don't know what that's the reference. Basement dwelling. <laughs> basement dwelling. Saint Peter. I don't know. Exactly. Um, <laughs> Wait, start again. No. Angry misogynists came out of the woodwork and started sending rape and death threats to anyone who had the temerity to have a vagina or present as a woman, I should say. Because Whoa. there we go. Let's not be so sexist here. <laughs> um, I had a thing to say about game about the treatment of women in gaming, all which is let's face it, terrible. And and so a number of people who are in and around the gaming community have had to leave their homes because people have been posting their personal addresses and sending death threats. That's and that of their family too. Oh, that's yeah, the of other course, thing. children, like, it's not, families. Yeah, yeah that's what I'm like, If you're a woman and you have children, they will find pictures of your children. They will Photoshop your children's faces onto child porn and distribute it. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. classic. Yeah. yeah. There's also some you know, you wonderful character assassination going on. Um, these people have they've organized on 4chan and Reddit because that's where, well, you know, and um, they've gone out and attempted to ruin as many people's lives as possible, all in the name of quote unquote rooting out corruption in journalism, when it's really been an issue of rooting out what they think of as social justice warriors, the people polluting their lovely straight white whatever game space with feminism and stories. And things that aren't don't involve brown and gray shooters with and sports games with uh, guns, I guess. But that's <laughs> not the reason. But that's not the reason at all. No, clearly that's not the reason. The reason is that they're upset that somebody finally called bullshit on the bullshit that is 
the mainstream AAA games industry, which, disclaimer, I worked in. <laughs> I am still not convinced it's about the flavors of video games. I, it's not actually about the flavors of video so games. It's about the existence of certain people in certain spaces. Yes. What? Yeah, never mind. Did, so when so they say the justice warriors, the they're referring this. specifically to feminists? Uh, they're talking yeah. about women at this point. Well, pretty much. Well, mm-hmm. Although social justice warrior, as far as I understand it, is a broad category of people who want to change the way that things are done without supporting those industries. Does that sound roughly accurate in the way that they would describe it, perhaps. They would dis- well, <clears throat> that's the thing, right? They would say, yeah, they would say that these people don't, they're real gamers, they don't really care. But then again, they wouldn't call some of the things which I enjoy, like Gone Home, which was a wonderful game. Games. Right, but the, the, the brand Social Justice Warrior is levied against groups that say, I want to buy Call of Duty with female characters. And they say, do you buy Call of Duty? And they say, no. And they say, well, then you aren't the target audience, because you don't buy it. Right? I think that's the stereotype of that, and, and certainly social, social justice warrior has been used as a pejorative even by activists. It's mm-hmm. sort of originated on Tumblr, right? Uh, I think mm-hmm. Caitlin can probably speak better to this than I can, but my understanding is basically that, that it's usually a charge levied against people who scream to high heaven and then don't do anything in real life, right? Yes. So, But... In this case, they are branding everyone who has everyone who espouses a feminist or a pro LGBT or a pro minority stance at all, who says that these people should be treated equally. Right, but there's no way of verifying whether or not they bought Call of Duty. No, no. <laughs> so I mean, I mean, I didn't buy Call of Duty, but I'm still playing computer games, and I worked in computer games, and I may yeah. someday work in computer games. Exactly, but yeah. the people upset about like a lack of female characters in Call of Duty. May or may not be the target audience of Call of Duty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's the. I mean, that's. Even, I'm, but I'm trying to explain none of social just the term social justice yeah, warrior okay. used in a negative connotation, in a slightly more. This is what people are thinking, sort of way. Well, people have a conception of who these people are, right? But really, no yes, one is saying but, no one is saying we ought to have female. Uh, to be honest with you, no one is actually. Very few people, I should say, are actually mm-hmm. complaining about Call of Duty. People are complaining about the, like, if you look at Anita Sarkeesian, she's complaining about the rampant use of women as props and targets for sexual and physical violence in a lot of different games, including games like Grand Theft Auto, including games like, well, really all of them, all the AAA games, they're all like that. Are you a boy or a girl? Oh, God, that <laughs> fucking thing. <laughs> it, it's just from Pokemon. Right? No, this is, uh, this is a stupid... This is a brand of video games made by one company that keeps making the same video game with mild alterations that is essentially the same porn advertisement with bad game over <laughs> and over <laughs> and, and over. over this is, is insurance girl no, no. <laughs> this is the 85 different porn games which aren't mm-hmm. that are like on the watch cartoon kind of yeah. websites so if you when, frequent watch cartoon uh, you're like oh man look at that armor that doesn't look like it would protect particularly well I bet I should play this game and it's like no, no girls allowed. Your friends are not going to see you because you're going to be looking at all this porn, which is also a game. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I told you that story to tell you this story. That's just background on this, right? Oh my. <laughs> yeah, it gets better. It gets better, people. It doesn't actually get better. It's worse. <laughs> um, so yeah, so so I mean, so this constant barrage of 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 
awful things, you know, a number of people have literally left the games journalism industry because they've been run out due to threats and all sorts of other stuff, but whatever. So major media sites are actually starting to pick the story up and saying, look at all this horrific harassment being thrown at people, in the thrown at really the indies, women, queer people, making tiny little games who can barely feed themselves. As opposed to the massive game industry where payola is a major issue because the game companies fund the game review sites and the game review magazines. Wait a minute. <laughs> Are you saying that's why GTA gets really good reviews? Are you saying that Nintendo Power was not objective? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> My childhood! Hold well, on a second. Nintendo Power was totally objective. <laughs> Don't ruin my childhood. <laughs> but here's the thing. So, 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 today... Well, no, okay, so, so a couple, a few days ago, um, The Escapist, which hosts actually a bunch of people I really like, Yahtzee, uh, Movie Bob, um... What's his name? Um, thank God for me. Why, why am I? Never mind. The point is, a bunch of people actually have like sort of forward-thinking, right-minded opinions on this. Um, went out and tried to wanted to say like, what do women in the game development industry, in the games journalism industry, say about these things? And so they got six women to comment. None of them would give their real names. Well, yeah, because they were afraid of having their careers destroyed. Very <laughs> Um. And they, they, you know, they, they gave kind of like, look at this is what it's like. It's not easy, etc., etc., etc. Now, shh, don't tell anyone. But I may want to get back into the games industry. This terrifies me a little bit. Two. Today they released another article. The article is originally titled "What Game Developers Think of Gamergate," is what it's called. All of the game developers, not women game developers, the game developers were men. Well, yeah, duh. <laughs> Women is an adjective. Yeah. And yeah. about half of them, about half of them identified the problem as being people who want to bring feminism and social justice into the gamosphere. And these are people, like, some of these people are people like high-ranking Xbox developers working on the console itself. Like, these aren't, like, randos, random indie game designers or people who have, like, a website that they scream rants from. Well, some of them were. But they, they tried to get some of the people central in this movement. But, like, the amount of, like, A, people who don't get it, and B, people who are actively hostile to the idea of having a discussion about feminism at all, in, like, the idea that, hey, maybe we should consider how the games industry treats women at all as being an offense to them, somehow, that they were being persecuted for their beliefs, for not wanting to discuss how poorly women are treated. Out of, out of curiosity, yeah. may I ask a question? Yes, you may. Do you believe that the goal is not to focus on feminism and whatnot in the games industry? I mean, do you do you sincerely believe that that's not the goal of the social justice warrior? Uh, in using a non-pejorative. Well, here's the thing. Uh, I think that, that there's a lot of people that say, look. There's a problem with the way the games industry treats its female employees. There's a problem with the way female journalists are treated. There's a problem with the way female characters are portrayed in games. Right. We don't want to take any away anybody's Call of Duty. We don't want to take away anyone's Madden, right? We're not going to have like Madden teams, right? It's football. The point is that that we haven't talked when when we talk about when there's this this whole clamor a few years ago when everyone was like. Somebody, Ebert may have said, games aren't art. That's bullshit. This is, these are toys for children. And everyone got all up in arms like, no, games are art. Look at Journey. Look at Flow. Look at this, that, and the other thing, right? Seriously, like, 
Games want to be taken seriously as an artistic medium. Games are a multi-billion dollar industry. They're a multi-billion dollar entertainment industry. And games are the last, in some ways, the last bastion of just sort of unthinking sexism and racism and homophobia of any medium. Well, movies, okay. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm like... What, what about books? Well, Let's not okay. forget books. Well, no, but I mean, like... Fiction. Yeah, but I mean, like, there's, there's a huge diversity. I mean, why is huge right now? And that's largely written by and aimed at women. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that the... I don't think... Why? What? Why A? Young oh, why A? Yeah. I was like, why? Like, why The Last Man? The comic book? <laughs> oh. I somehow doubt that's aimed at women. But no, 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 no. <laughs> but my point is this. Gotcha. I mean, like, you actually see even, even Marvel has come around right. and they're, they're, they're promoting all these new lines to try to, like, have that presence there at all. Right? Yeah. But... Yeah, yes, we want to have, people want to have this discussion because it's not that these people are upset that people are trying to ruin their games. People are upset that somebody wants to have the discussion at all. People are upset that someone wants to turn a critical eye at all on, their, on the thing that they love, the thing that they make, the thing that they love. And I understand that defensiveness. Nobody likes somebody saying, that thing you did, it's not perfect. There's all these issues with it. And like maybe we should talk about that, right? Nobody likes that. But at the same time, if you want your medium to be taken seriously as art... You have to do that. You can't you can't just be like la 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 la, it's only a toy, it's just a game when you want. And then no, it's serious, it's art. I work in an art in industry, I make beautiful things for people. You know, you can't have both. So you have to have yeah, but Isn't that how in the art industry they are constantly defending their stuff? Is that someone goes, Oh, there's a problem with this. You're portraying something incorrectly. They're like, Oh well you're just inter- interpreting it incorrectly. Yeah. Often, yeah. yeah. I mean, so I mean, so because for instance, the abstract art world, which is some would say is not art. Um, <laughs> we we can't see your hand. It's radio. <laughs> well, it's not radio. Well, no, I mean, I want to have a conversation about this though. Like, but the artists understand that whenever they put a piece out there, the critics are going to have a thing to say about it, right? Mm-hmm. And they don't get. Yeah, I mean, bad artists do get upset. Book authors bad behaving artists. badly, right? Authors who, who will, like, go onto Amazon and yell at people who review their books badly. Like, there are people like that. But those people are generally considered like to be that. shitheads. Uh, yeah. Am I wrong? I mean, I don't know that I'm the authority. I think that it is easy to have an emotional reaction on the internet. I think that a significant portion of Gamergate is a symptom of the rapidity of retorts, debates, anger, the power of anonymity on the internet. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of factors swirling around here. Not only is the whole issue itself can be teased out into a web of different strands like how women are portrayed, how women in the industry themselves are treated, how discussions about this, whether it's an art medium, these are all gigantic, these are significantly different strands that all come into the same umbilical cord. Um... And it becomes difficult because trolls or people that uh, hate having the discussion at all will jump between these different chords to conveniently equivocate among the the things that are being talked about, um, which I am most bothered by because I think it's terrible practice as a philosopher. It really (laughs) bothers me on that level. Even aside from the fact that it bothers me as a woman to know that, you know, women's children are attacked because of what their mother does. You know, that bothers me a lot. You know, it, it bothers me that people think that this is a form of free speech. 
um, that can in no way have any sort of reaction because reactions to free speech stifle free speech, which is a misunderstanding of free speech in general as a concept. I am as much free to have an opinion about your speech as you are to make that speech in the first place. Um, and if you yell fire in a crowded theater, it's okay for everybody to get mad at you. Um, I think there's a lot of things going on with this, and it's very mixed up. And what I would like to see is the same thing that I always wished would happen with the Occupy Wall Street movement, um, which is that somebody would, like, make a bulleted list of the major points that people want to talk about, and then there could be sub-discussions of each of those points staying within that vein, and when the discussion diverges, it will be noted, but it will be clearly noted instead of just used as a convenient path to equivocation and muddling of the issue. This way, we could talk about issues with feminism, uh, qua, you know, women in the industry themselves and how they should not be accused of sleeping their way to the top versus the way that images of female or queer people are treated in the games themselves and how all of these things cash out. Sure, they're all connected, definitely, but I think that the fact that we're trying to talk about all of these things all at the same time with a lot of people trying to ruin the discussion in the first place is making it a very difficult and complicated issue. And the most important thing is that people people's lives are actually being threatened and actually being ruined, and that this is also being uh, distracted from because people are like, well, why can't people just play video games? Because there is so much variety and um, complexity that is all being talked about all at once. There's a lot of noise and static and some of the majorly important life changing kind of things that people absolutely should not have any questions about what is right and wrong. Like, Anita Sarkeesian should not have had to move out of her apartment. That is wrong. She, she should not have been treated the way she was such that she needed to move out of her apartment. Zoe Quinn should not have been treated the way she was such that she feared for her life because she was getting constant and obsessively invasive rape and death threats by people. Like, these things are clearly wrong, but because they are wrapped up in all these other things that people could have various opinions about, and they're all free to, I think this issue is getting, uh, I wish that it could be clearer and that somebody somewhere in a position of power uh, on the internet, you know, a blog that somebody listens to could sit down and think this out and at least try to graph the skeleton of this complex animal. That's my opinion. Now I follow a number of prominent women in the games industry on Twitter, that sort of thing, and what they say, and this is not a new thing, is that they say that once you achieve a certain level of visibility, that you just get a constant stream of vitriol. Yeah. Um, and it is sexually charged, and it is aggressive and hostile and disgusting. Oh, yeah. And you will just get a stream of rape and death threats constantly. There's nothing you can do about it. Um, every once in a while, you know, um, I'm thinking of... Um, God, uh, I won't name names, but the, the important thing is that, like... It's not just Zoe Quinn, it's not just Anita Sarkeesian. Oh, yeah. And this is the thing, like, it, it's sort of like, so this, this, this sort of brings me back to, this is the, this cuts across all of tech, like, these attitudes, these attitudes that, like, we shouldn't even be discussing, the, the, what is it, was it Intel, the president of, one of the, one of the high-ranking um, officers at Intel, may, had, did this big speech recently where he said that, well, women shouldn't ask for raises. That's CEO of Microsoft. Microsoft, was it Microsoft? Yeah. Oh, it was Microsoft. That was Intel for some reason. I read it just oh, today. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like you know that there's this culture that's that, that that tech really 
in a lot of ways is hostile to women, even at the big companies that should know better. Maybe not the Googles of the world, but there's a lot of them. And, you know, that, yeah, my future prospects for any sort of career have been greatly damaged, you know, um, by something that I sort of have had to do. And, yeah, it's, 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 it scares the shit out of me. Because I kind of wanted to get back into the games industry. and mm-hmm. What did he mean when he said women should ask for reasons? Was there an um, He there? was... The, uh, I can't quote the speech, but in general, he was asked a question about... Um, it was about pay gap, wasn't it? It was... Uh, I don't know if it was originally about the pay gap, but he was asked a question and went on to reply that essentially... Uh, from talking, from being in his position as a CEO and talking with his money managers and HR people over the years at Microsoft, that people in general should trust in the HR system that they will get the raises they need at the right time, and that if women oh. just trust in this system, well, that the they will, karma get, will cause them yes, to she, get. They yeah. said that if they just quietly believed in this system, it would be good karma and they would be paid off in okay, the Well, see, that's HR. not the same as saying women shouldn't ask for raises. Yeah. He's not saying, like, oh, they don't deserve raises. He, mm-hmm. We don't even know what his actual opinion on the matter is. He's yeah. doing what a CEO does. He's, I'm yeah. the CEO of this company. I hereby defend our system of, of paying our employees yeah. because it is the right system and it works. So everyone just calm down. I'm the CEO. Trust me. <laughs> it's true. That's definitely <laughs> That's all he was doing. doing. Yeah. The unfortunate thing is that as a CEO, he wasn't clever enough to spin it in a more appropriate way because he was talking at a women in tech conference. And the discussion surrounding like the context, the broader context, which I cannot speak directly to because I do not remember it specifically, was about that. I know. He basically, it. You know. It, it seems like he was given an open invitation to get goodwill and was like, hold on. <laughs> hold on. Yeah. Well, I got a good idea. What, what should he have done to get goodwill besides just, what, give them all raises? I well, guess. I am not a CEO curiosity. who is prepared for a, uh, a talk at a. At a, okay. a woman's but you did say it was an Yeah, but remember, these people are yeah, like politicians, right? So, mm-hmm. okay, don't, don't bite yeah. my head off. Okay. I'm not that guy, but yes. if I was that guy, I would have had talking points on this issue. No, but here's prepared the thing. in advance because sure, right. this seems like like a thing that might come up at all. It's, it's interesting <laughs> because the art of debate in politics has been boiled down to a very systematic. If this person brings up this, bring up this. Yeah. So from the CEO's <laughs> perspective. He was like, well, I, if I say, oh, yes, I acknowledge that there's a problem. He's inviting the door to say, well, what is, how does this problem reflect Microsoft? That is, to, I think to them, to anyone in an administrative position of mm-hmm. a corporation, that is a dangerous door to open. Yeah. Um, I, I would have to agree that while I do not agree with what he said in the sense that I do not believe in institutional systems. For example, Blake, of course, would never be this diplomatic, but if he had to stand up... (laughs) See, Blake would do the exact opposite, but see, here was the... If Blake were standing up to talk... Hang on. (laughs) Is this being recorded? Yeah, good. Anyway. (laughs) No, no, no. This is a good point. If for some reason Blake were on a stage talking to a bunch of people... In regards to his game store, Fun and Games, in regards to racial treatment and racial diversity in gaming, in hobby gaming, someone might say, 
you know, someone asks a question, don't you feel that there's like this diversity gap or that minorities are, are treated po- uh, poorly? Um, if he were to say, oh yeah, I to-, because Blake would say something, oh yeah, I totally like agree with this, this is totally a problem. Then someone else is like, you know, it's funny that we've noticed that half of the people on your band list are black. And then he'd be... But Blake has zero pay gap because we all get the same or, or shitty right. way. <laughs> <laughs> but but James, James's point is that people can throw anything in your face. And um, as soon as he acknowledges that there was a problem, someone will then have put him in a position where he's just you know at the end of a shit creek. <laughs> I mean, well, but it, it sounds like he had talking points for that situation, which was. We have an HR department for a reason, guys. We don't really want any of you asking for raises. Mm-hmm. Like, what, are we supposed to give every single woman who we've hired a raise? We're probably just going to give raises at which the rate I at which we give raises. He later tweeted a thing about how he, quote, did not communicate clearly, and that ultimately what he was trying to say was that women should not have to ask for raises because there should not be inequality of pay based on gender bias in the first place, which is a little bit more elaborate than he tweeted. But that is what he ended up tweeted. Now, depending on how you feel about this in the first place, either that's him covering his ass because he fucked up, or he miscommunicated and put his foot in his mouth because, you know, he genuinely did not communicate what he was trying to. It depends on how you think of it in the first place, whether you believe him or not. But it's difficult to, you know, when you look at this, when the, we know from statistics that there's a, there's an established wage gap, and then women make up a tiny minority in the tech industry. Oh, yeah. Um, that, when you when you look at it that way, you say that... <laughs> what? What are we looking at here? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just telling okay. you, like... <laughs> um, sorry. Blake, you'll hear this later recorded during this... But you'll have to cut this part out because it has nothing to do with this debate. Time travel. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so basically, the, the the thing was that that, that you know, uh, given the fact that there is a pay gap, yeah. and he wasn't talking just about people at Microsoft, but rather about women in the industry, mm-hmm. then the implication is either when he says that, oh, well, trust in HR, but HR is producing outcomes that are imbalanced, and as someone in the industry, he should be at least aware of that. So he's seeing telling women. Telling women you're getting what you deserve, and that's less than what the men get. I mean, that's 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 the implicate. That, I mean, that's that's the direct implication of what he's saying. Mm-hmm. If he said, "Well, at Microsoft, we try to pay everyone equally," blah 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 blah. We prefer no employees ask for a raise. But I will give you a second data point here, and then I was grossly underpaid at my current job, and I said, "Hey, you need to give me more money, or I'm going to leave." And they give me more money. Sometimes the HR department fucks up, <laughs> or they don't, or I don't know. Or you need to ask for a raise, but they don't want you to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah I, think, I think for any corporation, the mantra is we hope people don't ask for a raise, but when they do demand a raise, they tend to cave in. Yeah, yeah. but part of it too, though, then, if, is if that they think you're don't, right. don't send so, a person who has to But if have... they think it, they hired you, so obviously they thought you were um, worth it. I don't know. I think if I asked my employers for a raise, I wouldn't get one. No. <laughs> and they like me pretty well. well, I, well yeah. So. Okay. Yeah, there's some... Like, well, that's true. But that's in the like, tech industry, since they have such a rigorous process for all the things that you need to have to get hired in the first place, I'm sure there are some people that are like, oh, we like, made a mistake. This guy's a piece of shit. But if they think that you're worth $50,000 a year, and you go in and you say... You need to pay me $60,000 a year or I'm leaving. Then there are two responses. One mm-hmm. is, we hired you at 50000 because that's what we are going to pay you. Mm-hmm. And you have not shown enough initiative to 
demonstrate that we should pay you six. Which is a perfectly valid response, but at least yeah. you've gone in there and spoken up. Yeah. Or they could say, yeah, let's do this. Yeah. <laughs> or is 58 fine? Yeah. But, yeah. Well, like, yeah. but when you go yeah. in to ask that question, ultimately you are generating friction mm-hmm. because you are saying, I'm worth more than 50000 and I'm going to leave if you don't pay me more yeah. or something. Right. And either they've just called your bluff and you can start looking for a new job. Yeah. <laughs> Or well, it doesn't always have to end. Oh no, you leaving if that doesn't work out. But I, yeah, yeah, but I, you're I either leaving or they've called your bluff, which means that yeah. it's a bluff. Your work environment then becomes more stressful. Yeah, more stressful. Yeah. which I think is something that should not be discounted in this overall discussion. Um, that is uh, statistics heavy. Not saying that this particular part of the discussion is, but you know, in general, the discussion of. The, the issue of how much women should get paid and how they should go about doing that, I think, is more complicated than it's normally treated, i.e. the emotional, psychological, and interpersonal situation of a workplace and how that is for women and how it is in different fields and how everybody processes this. And that's why it's, it's difficult for women to ask for raises. Like, I know that I've never asked for a raise, not only because I didn't believe I would get it, but because, you know, the times where I have... Uh, you know, wanted advancement, and people would promise me advancement at, like, uh, the news station. I worked at a TV news station for a little while, and I was great at it, and they're like, yeah, we're gonna put you on this next, we're gonna start training you. And they just kept putting it off, and putting it off, and putting it off, and putting it off, and putting it off. And eventually I'm like, I need you to give me a clear deadline of when you're going to do this thing you told me you would. And they couldn't, and so I'm like, okay, well, I'm just gonna go do something else now because this is not worth my time i'm doing the things that i've been told to do and they are not working this institution the system is not working the way it is supposed to and yet if you say that again you've introduced conflict into the workplace people will treat you differently and even if you do end up making that money quality of life alters and Mm -hmm. you know the way that you go about your job, the way other people around you treat you, the way your boss treats you, the way things in the future might go, those are changed, they're altered by the way that you do these things. And oftentimes this level of intimidation is enough to keep women from trying to rock the boat because that can be so emotionally painful that that's not worth it. Money isn't worth it. No, and it's, it's, it's worse than that in some ways because women tend to be judged more harshly. It's yeah. the uh, the go getter versus uh, bitch. Uh, precisely, yeah. precisely. It's it's yeah. It's it's exactly that. But 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 my my whole thing going back to this is, you know that the wage gap is a major issue. You go to a women in tech conference. Don't talk about that or dodge that somehow. Do something. Don't imply to those people that that's what they deserve. So. I think I just had a thought. Please. Um, which is, is it better for him to say something which is unattractive, i.e., women shouldn't ask for raises, they should trust in a system? Or is it better for him to have said, yes, all women should ask for raises, we are aggressively trying to handle this at Microsoft, and then not be able to follow through with it, or not follow through with it out of choice, or for any number of business reasons? Would it have been better for him to send a message or better for him to say something that isn't a nice message, but is probably realistic. Can I tell you what I would say? Well, first of all, it depends on whether Microsoft is making an effort to close the wage gap or not. If they're not making an effort to close the wage gap, if they're not, if they're not cognizant and actively working towards that, which his later interviews with people have implied that they're probably not. But if well, they were, you would say, 
even if they weren't, this is the political talking point, this is what you were talking about, James, which is say is this. Well, at Microsoft, our HR department is committed to, you know, paying everyone equitably based on what they, what they you know, based on their performance and, you know, their, their education, et cetera, et cetera, and what they've achieved. We don't pay men and women any differently. And we trust our HR department to make those changes. Obviously, in the industry as a whole, there's a problem. And if you know, if you're if you're working at a company where you're not being given, you know, you feel like you're being treated less because you're a woman, well, you should come work for us. <laughs> That's what he should say. So, like, you know, make it make it about how Microsoft is the good guy, right? But then that commits him to an action that right. may not and, be able to work. And it's not. And so if, the if they investigate their HR pay scale, they could just call him out on it, and you know, basically, then he has just lost. Or that they would have to entirely change their pay scale. Which would have repercussions for their business. It would cut into profits, and then they would make other shitty businessmen type decisions, <laughs> like laying off all kinds of people, um, or something like well, that. Or if we had any women we still employed, they would be paid the same. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> but I think for the purposes of what you were asking, yeah. it was a question of whether or not it was better for them to make a convincing sounding lie. Yes. Or uh, tell the truth tell that the was truth unfortunate. That is I think, unfortunate. Yeah, I think that is a difficult question because yeah. we could say all kinds of coulda, shoulda, wouldas, but at the point where he hadn't planned anything except for oh shit, I'm here. <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting question. I don't right. know whether it would be which, better for him to lie. Yeah, which is really what I feel like is at the heart of this because I'm I'm kind of cynical about you know lots of things. I'm cynical that Microsoft is working as hard as they like to say they are. I mean, companies say stuff all the time. I mean, mm -hmm. in, you know, organizations say stuff. They mm -hmm. say they're working on it, but you can say that and then not do anything. You I know? can't drive on that closed course. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So, you know, there's a lot of things that you can say, and um, it seems like the pain of this is not only that this is something that he said, but that it sends a message that hurts women. And then the question is, is it better to send a message that is good but not real, or a message that is painful but probably more real? And that is the question of, like, what is better for change? I guess, maybe. Philosophy! <laughs> philosophy! Well, thank That's you for making contributing to philosophy. <laughs> no, it's, I wish it's, Caitlin was here to see that. This has been, this has been, this has just been a week that I've sort of realized that, like, oh, things are just gonna suck, and there's nothing I can do about it forever. <laughs> oh well, souls of steel. <laughs> so let's do a quick palate cleanser. <laughs> James, uh, when we were in the car. Uh, he really gave me an inspiration for an important question that I think not all of us have asked ourselves. What Harry Potter house are we from? <laughs> Dana? Ravenclaw. Ravenclaw. Hmm. I suppose game development and all that stuff. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, to be honest with you, I can also be Gryffindor. I do have, the, I have some Gryffindor's qualities. I don't have the... Courage primary, though. Yeah... I don't know. You're I kind of ethnic for uh, Gryffindor. Gryffindor. <laughs> <laughs> really close full of, of, of brown people, right? That's true. That's true. I, All the hot ones, though. <laughs> I mean, whatever. Chill was hot. I, I don't know if it would be Ravenclaw or Hufflepuff. I'm Hufflepuff is loyalty, right? And Ravenclaw is well, location. Right? So 
And fuzziness. Oh, does it involve hard work? <laughs> then yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Hufflepuff is all about hard work. They're going to build a staircase to get down. <laughs> and that's story. I think I'd probably roll with Hufflepuff. Plus, they got to stay out of all the action. They did. Yeah. Or did they cause it and just watch all the pieces fall? <laughs> <laughs> Game of Harry Potter. Game of Harry Potter. Patrick. Patrick. Come on. I suppose it does make sense. <laughs> Slytherin, obviously. <laughs> Do you really mean Slytherin? Of course. My skin is reptile-like. No, he was a person, not you as Ix. What's wrong with you? His skin is reptile-like. This is true. My skin is reptile This is also true in real life. Oh, uh, in real life? Oh, I have no idea. Hold on a second. You are like the biggest griefer of anyone I know. I feel like a Gryffindor might be what you are. I think the serious toughness and fortitude, both physical and and mental, I think. And emotional, yeah. Certainly puts you solidly in a a real potential for Gryffindor if you wanted it. I don't know. I, um... Also, humbleness puts you in Gryffindor. (laughs) (laughs) It's, it's a lot easier to put my character okay, in Okay, Patrick, let's get real about this. Um, <laughs> let's get real about this question. How many times have you gone and done something deeply dangerous to your own person just because... Why not? It's fun. It's cool. Yesterday. <laughs> Dude, did you see the divots I put in the ground? <laughs> your knees will be fine. <sighs> Me... I uh, I think it depends on what part of my life we're talking about. Um, I don't know. Sorting I, hat picks one. Sorting hat picks one. Well, I always kind of uh, I always like to believe that I would be a Slytherin that would redeem the house because I think that there's plenty that's redeemable about Slytherin. They're just misunderstood. <laughs> um, and while yes, there are a ton of assholes in there, that there's plenty in Slytherin to be good. Otherwise, I would be a Ravenclaw, but I don't think that I'm as uh, I think I'm a little bit too volatile to be a Ravenclaw eventually. I think that's how that cashes out. Maybe. 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 Also, I really like green and silver. That is, that is a, that's and cool. Snape yeah. is her that's favorite character. And I loved Snape from book one. He was I called guy. it. Oh, wait. Apparently, in the films, he was told in the first movie, uh, uh, the, the guy who played Snape, God, Alan, Alan, Alan Rickman. Rickman. He was told how Snape was going to redeem himself when he first started playing. They were like, okay, this is your entire character arc. Get ready to start acting it. Yeah. Which I love to death. Why wouldn't you do that? If you like green and silver, I think you would really enjoy the new... Uh, the newest season of Avatar or uh, Legend of Korra they yes. feature a uh, I don't remember her name K something such as a K the, uh, this Earth very ruthless powerful female <laughs> Earth general mm. who is like bringing order back into chaos after yeah. the Queen's assassination mm-hmm. who is a foil to the blithering idiot prince who is entitled to the throne he's all like have you had a sponge bath? <laughs> You're awesome. I don't, know, I don't know, something like that. So what house are you, though? I know you're trying to dodge the question. Yeah, answer the question, James. Believe in the system. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, for those of you at home who can't see, I'm actually climbing on James's head all of the sorting hats. Yeah. What? Okay, hold on. He's not. Okay, hold on. Oh, don't, don't move. Oh, I'm is... getting... I'm getting a Ravenclaw. I'm sorry. Okay, I'm gonna hop off now. 
That was. Not hang out and help well, which uh, which house is the most trolly? <laughs> Slytherin? No, 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 Slytherin no. is actually Slytherin the biggest isn't... trolley. No. no. What imagines a Ravenclaws would be the best at it? They would be the best at it. Didn't? But they might be so good people wouldn't even realize Gryffindor. they're getting trolled. Yeah. They'd just be like, oh, okay, yeah, that sounds good. Ravenclaw. Wouldn't it maybe be Gryffindor, though, as far as trolling goes? Because... I believe that they could get away with it easily. Yeah, I mean, and they, they douches like, cranky Gryffindor. stuff. I think every house brings their own qualities to griefing. Hmm. That's true. Fair enough. Because the Hufflepuffs have the advantage of being under the radar. Yeah. They have low aggro as griefers. That's true. Uh, the Gryffindors, of course, can grief openly without mm-hmm. fear of retribution. Because they're so brave. Ten points for Gryffindor. The Ravenclaws <laughs> are good at griefing because they're able to set it up so well in the first mm-hmm. place. And the Slytherins are great at griefing because... They just know they're better than you. <laughs> they probably know it would hurt. They are they every know what will hurt the most. like yeah. high card heel that has ever lived. <laughs> <laughs> Which house? Well, not only that, but they carry a lot of they tend to carry a lot of social status in that house because they're pure bloods, right? They, a lot of them. Are pure most Which them. house features the highest demographic of women? I don't think it's split that way. It's not like fifty fifties. Is it the Hufflepuff? Hufflepuff. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you're saying about will. Randy Orton, though. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Will? You haven't answered the question. Oh, question me? What a, what, a, what a strange thing to notice. <laughs> oh, I, I'd, I'd be a Hufflepuff. Uh... No, you wouldn't! <laughs> I'd be the Hufflepuff who got assigned to uh, Slytherin, and everyone's like, gosh, what's up with that uh, Hufflepuff being uh, Slytherin? I don't even get it. I'll be like, I don't get it either. What a, what a strange That's coincidence. So weird, guys. Hey, guys. <laughs> Do so Hufflepuffs weird. look differently than Wales? Or are they like, oh, they're are just they, like, uh, fuzzy, people? cuddly little guys. They're just snuggly. They're just snuggly. I'm snuggly. That's where all the gingers go. What? We both know that's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there were so much gingers in it. It's England, there are just a lot of gingers. It's just a high percentage <laughs> of a gingers. Percentage of gingers there. <laughs> They're not actually allowed in uh, Slytherin, however. I feel like there's more people with souls. Wait, wasn't, wasn't either crab or royal a ginger? Yeah, but I feel like that's I where. Have no recollection, but I believe I you if you say that. Was. I will defer I'll, to I'll you. Take it. I want to say that's where red hair originated, though. In Slytherin? No, that's from England. (laughs) You jerk. (laughs) (laughs) It was a spell gone terribly awry. Who would want to look like that? (laughs) It was when the elves left. Mm, They were like, add for you a curse of being kind of ugly but hot when you're a chick. (laughs) (laughs) Also, the sun will burn you. Suck it. <laughs> and then they sailed off. <laughs> so what did you decide for me? Didn't you already pick Ravenclaw at the very beginning? I think so. Yeah. You were the first one. you argued with me. <laughs> no, I was, I was like, talking through, because uh, you were just, you didn't add anything. You, get, you gotta say yes and. Yes, oh, okay, yes and, yeah. <laughs> Rule of improvisational sorting hat. <laughs> <laughs> the sorting hat doesn't give you a yes and. You can hire you a yes and, he was special. I think no, everybody gets a yes and. Yeah, oh, really? Because uh, well, at the oh, end yeah, of yeah, at yeah, the yeah. end of the whole series, his son was all worried that he was going to get sorted into Slytherin, and Harry was like, "Don't even worry about it." The sorting hat asks you if he tells you you're going to Slytherin, you can just say something else. So it pulled me. I hate all the Slytherin racism. The hero of those well, books is Slytherin. It, 
it's several up because several of because everybody yeah. who was evil was from Slytherin. But then at the end, she tried to do this hard backpedal where she was like, "But Snape was a good guy," and there were like plenty of good Slytherins totally in history, and we all know their names. Yeah, and. Don't even worry about it. Well, it's like saying the Southerners can be good guys. A lot of them are good guys. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like that... Um... You know... That one. That one. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that one. Yeah, he was good all along. It's ironic, considering that we're in the South, living in the South. That is the joke. That's true. (laughs) Um... What... Umbridge... What... I think Umbridge was the worst. Umbridge. She was, because she was too administrative. She was doing. What house was she from? I believe what she was, was a Slytherin. She was. Or she may have been a Hufflepuff. She wore I feel too like much she paint to be a Slytherin. Hufflepuff. But that yeah. may be because she was small, and I'm applying my weirdness to that. <laughs> yeah. Because I've got this image of Hufflepuffs as being a small pink ball. <laughs> yeah. And I'm. I know that that's not their symbol, but I can't imagine a universe where Kirby isn't the symbol of. <laughs> Do Hufflepuffs even have a house animal? They I do. It's a badger. Oh, it's a badger. badger. It's the most ba- like it badgers are the most badass. Yeah. Yeah. Hold on. That's for me. We it's need. Totally we need to talk more about <laughs> Harry Potter sorting hat. So. <laughs> we'll be right back. The Hufflepuff after these messages. cannot these voluntarily message. Nine Get a two tap and two pizza combo deal for nine ninety nine. And apparently get the, the network what free. And the network free with your pizza. <laughs> it just comes. Like, there's a, there's a shitty laptop on the top of your pizza that's kind of got greased up a little bit. Yeah, it's a little slimy. I gotta believe that is exactly what I'm just imagining like. the Great Cully in, like, a Pizza Hut, like, visor now. You the pizza. So many pizzas <laughs> with just my hands. I was told to guard pizza. <laughs> no, you were told to guard Paul Heyman, like, three weeks three ago. Three weeks ago. Oh. I'm still in Memphis. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't seen him since. Yeah. Yet be at that door. I want him to be at that door and not to show that. I just want him to. Ho- I wish that they waited until they were in Memphis again, and they were like, "Great, Kali, what are you doing here so early?" I'm not early. I am still guarding door. No, that was for like one show. How how long have you been here? Great Kali has seen many winters. <laughs> <laughs> it is timeless. <laughs> I, I think we need to talk. <laughs> oh my. So, badgers. Badger, I, yeah! Well, they're, like, they're the most badass well, They're badass, but they're tenacious. And I think that's the quality they are that they're looking for. They're, they're tough and tenacious. De- defensive. But are they loyal? I, I, thought, I thought that was their house thing. I mm. thought that was what they said about They, they certainly are never give uppers. I thought that hardworking was more. Yeah. Hardworking is definitely important as well. I might have to go be a yeah. Ravenclaw. Yeah. I don't know. I'm pretty lazy. So. Yeah. That's a thing. No Hufflepuffs here. Except for me. <laughs> Set the slitter. I'm, I'm, I'm You're on the edge. <laughs> See, I like Hufflepuff because they keep a low profile. They do. You know? They got low aggro. That's why I'm a... Uh, 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 I play uh, Harry Potter like I play uh, Commander. <laughs> I use every psychology trick I know to keep people from attacking me, including not making eye contact and building a deck so shitty that I give you grief when you attack me. <laughs> like, what? Up. You're gonna attack me? Have you seen how shitty my deck is? <laughs> I'm glad I'm not the only I love doing that so much. And then, you know, I win, like, half the games in, like, a four-player format. Because, yeah. and I'm like, I'm like oh, but my deck is so bad. 
Yeah. Are seriously you're gonna attack me? What I have like two creatures and like nothing. Look, everything what are you doing? Also, I'm shit at magic. Yeah. I'm so bad guys. <laughs> we we talked about your the relentless rat stick, haven't we? That was a problem deck because that had too much aggro. People were like, Oh, I see how this deck works and it is not terrible. And yeah. that's why I took it apart and made it shittier. <laughs> From what I've seen of Will's magic strategy, is it's the deck that looks like it couldn't possibly beat you until it pulls out like this weird four card combo that I mean instantly wins the game. Yeah, but there are a lot of combo combo decks are like that. They That's true. true of combo decks, but a lot of combo decks use high value and yeah. high quality combos. <laughs> Whereas I'm more than willing to tell you exactly what my combo looks like, and people will say, "Really? Yeah, that's what you're gonna do to me?" I'm like, yeah, well, it's out on the table right here, so you know the whole thing. Yeah, but I mean, come on. I mean, it's kind of a piece of shit. I, I took a bad commander who was bad at life so that I could tell people that he was bad. <laughs> Which deck was that? That was uh, Lord of Tressorhorn. Okay. 10 4, four. And then he has some other rules. Yeah, he does. <laughs> I don't remember that. They were probably all not a problem at all. I was like, ah, your expectations. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> The other cool thing about Slytherins is that they live in, like, a dungeon. They do live in a dungeon. They live in a dungeon. And is Snape it, is in charge of them. Is it wet down there? I oh. feel like it's probably kind of moist and damp. I can't... Do they have, but like, spells magic. so that it doesn't mess up I mean, the books? I think it's probably a nice... I feel like it's probably nice inside their dorm, but it's all gross outside. So that oh. everybody's like, ew, who, who wants to even live there? That makes a lot yeah. of sense. They've probably. got sort of a Winterfell thing going yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah. On an unrelated note, though slightly related, <laughs> I've been watching, I've watched all of Gravity Falls since that time Blake showed it to us. This is very related. Yeah. Though it's actually surprisingly, despite being like a, a Disney cartoon, like there's surprisingly an interesting amount of like, I like the, there's a, it's kind of very allusion to, because there's this whole mystery aspect of, oh, they're looking for, their kids looking for Bigfoot and trying to solve the mysteries of the Illuminati. Mm-hmm. But in most of these mysteries are real, right? Mm-hmm. And, gnomes. Yeah, like, and then, but then it has an element of like, awesome. and it's just like the references, like clearly the author is trying to reference things like Stargate yeah. and X-Files, and mm. you know, but then they also throw in like the adventure time style humor with like gnome puking rainbows and stuff like that. There was one, so there's two things. There's an episode, you we were talking about dungeons, and I was thinking, yeah, Slytherin, only Slytherin are badass enough to live in a dungeon. They had an episode where the kid, the, the, the boy protagonist, there's a girl protagonist, Dipper is being made fun of because he's not manly enough. But oh, he's only twelve. He's only twelve years old. He's like, I'm manly enough. He goes out of the woods and runs into a manator who's like the most manliest creature ever. <gasps> it's half man, half man. <laughs> <laughs> and so he gets taken to the cave of the manators. It's like, teach me to be more manly, guys. And they're like, we must convene. And they like do a football huddle. And they're like, nope, we're not going to train you. And then he's like, oh yeah. I bet you're just scared. You're not manly enough to teach me how to be manly. And one of the mentors was like, what? What do you mean I'm not manly? I have fists for nipples. And he, like, peeled back his chest hair, and there's just two fists right there. And I was just like... Thanks, Disney. I was done. I believe in you. Yeah, there's I was, like, horizontal for a little while. Yeah. I didn't always believe in Disney. 
It's true. Gravity Falls is really... Gravity Falls, my opinion yeah. of Gravity Falls, and this is entirely because I watched Rick and Morty first. Has anybody watched any Rick and Morty here? Am I, like, the only person that has watched Rick and Morty? Tell me about that, because if it's like Gravity Falls, it's, I'm interested. It's like Gravity Falls if Gravity Falls were on Adult Swim. So it has <laughs> the, the bad part of them not speaking very clearly for, like, the first three episodes, and they repeat themselves way too much, and that can be really irritating. But if you can push through that irritation... It's all, it's, if you took Gravity Falls and you stripped away everybody but Grunkle, Stan, and Dipper, and he's just taking him on adventures and convincing him to do stuff (laughs) and ruining people's lives, and it's horrible and amazing, and... You need to, like, message me the name of this so I can, like, watch all of it. If you like (laughs) Gravity Falls and think that the parts of it that are cheeky and wrong and not for kids, if you like that part, you should watch Rick and Morty. Because that's all Rick and Morty is. <laughs> like, Gravity Falls is, in my opinion, like Rick and Morty that children can watch. Which is nice. And wonderful. Because children should not watch Rick and Morty. Because that's bad. <laughs> have you watched Flapjack? I have not watched Flapjack. I remember we talked about this. Oh, okay. But I have not gone back and watched it. I am sorry. Oh, no, it's okay. But yes. Some of my favorite cartoon ever. But yeah, but the thing is, <laughs> Flapjack goes from like kind of a creep factor. That's where the humor comes from. But yeah, right? that's her. Your description of Rick and Morty mm-hmm. as being some creepy guy leading some child around on horrible adventures where they did horrible things to people. Uh, it sounded like Flapjack, except mm-hmm. since Flapjack is also deeply disturbing yeah. for other reasons. I thought you might enjoy it. I'm, I'm sure say- I will. I just want to say real quick, they had one episode that, where they had kind of a WTF moment uh, in Gravity Falls where it was the mini golf episode. <laughs> and they found that there are like little people in all the different zones who control the movement of the balls. And so they have like the little people who are pirates, little people who are like Danish cottage people or whatever who live in like the little golf zones. And they're all rivals. And they're like, we're all better than those other guys. So then like... The girl, Mabel, is all like, I'll give you this trophy sticker to, to, like, designate which one of you is the best if you help me win, like, this mini-golf game against this really snooty rich girl. And they're like, done! And so they go through this whole happy-go-lucky montage where, you know, even though the, the rich girl is, like, trained by a foreign trainer and she's supposed to be, like, the best mini-golf player ever, she's, like, just all her balls keep missing and, you know, it's like she's super frustrated. And it's just this happy-go-lucky tone until they get to the minor zone. And then Dipper says... Man, minor zone, huh? I wonder what kind of fun things they're doing down there. And then the tone completely shifts. Like, these little people are, like, pushing this mine cart with the ball on top. And the guy goes, runs up, is like, don't go in there! There's poison gas and you'll die! And then this big little guy is like, I'll go. And they're like, no, John Henry, we need you! It's like, it's fine, it needs to be done. And the little girl's like, no, John Henry! And he, like, this guy is pushing this cart through poison gas... And he's clearly, like, slowly dying, and he's coughing, and he takes the cart to the elevator, he pushes the button. It goes up, and then, like, he collapses, and with tears in his eyes, he pulls out a drawing that the little girl, like, <laughs> drew of him and her, and then dies. And it's just kind of like, <laughs> so oh my god. <laughs> and then it goes back to happy-go-lucky, and it's just kind of like, I don't know how to feel about that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's also a moment where there's an episode about the community pool, because it's really hot, and it's all about, like, breaking pool rules, and Dipper tries to get a job there because the girl he has a crush on is a lifeguard, and if you break the pool rules, you get put in pool jail. This isn't the 16-year-old girl who's, like, twice as high, right? Yeah. Yeah, he has a crush on her. Seems like... 
That'll work out fine. You know, reasons. Um, <laughs> anyways, you get put in pool jail. And so Grungle Stan makes a scene and gets put in pool jail. And there are two other, like, little kids there swinging their legs. Like, yeah, pool jail's not so bad if you can keep yourself out of solitary. And then it cuts to a child <laughs> in a grate, like, by the pool, like, under this sort of culvert. And he goes, the nights are the long... Like, the nights are the loneliest. Oh, yeah. Or something like that. It's basically like a vent. For yeah, it's like a vent. And it's just a child there. And then the thing at the end of the credits is him sitting there looking out the bars as, like, the scene changes between night day fall oh my winter. god and then the 4th of July comes and there's like you can see the reflection of like fireworks and he gets out a little flag and goes oh like this. my god <laughs> so yeah Gravity Falls is quality Man, I've been watching a lot of it it's, they all float down there yeah they, they definitely yeah